Welcome to the Share Life Podcast with Jason Scott Montoya, where we explore stories and systems to live better and work smarter. In this inspirational people interview on the Share Life Podcast, I'm speaking with purpose-driven leader, Casey Cavell. Casey, say hello. Hey, good to be here. Thanks, Jason. Glad to have you. Uh, Casey is a Jesus follower, a serial entrepreneur, a trusted advisor, and an innovative investor helping others reach their highest potential. Casey and I connected several years ago through a mutual friend and a shared passion for sharing the good news about Jesus, while also caring deeply about mentoring others. A former client, Casey's business consulting company, Legacy 412, provides entrepreneurs with operational strategies to to accelerate growth, increase efficiency, and create margin. Additionally, Casey is reaching the next generation of leaders through Turn 2 Ministries and cultivating a mission-driven NFT community called Kingdom House. So Casey, welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining me. And uh, let's start by getting to know you. Tell me about you and your story. Yes, sure thing, Jason. Glad to be here once again. Yeah, so I grew up in Indiana. So moved down to Atlanta about, uh, about 10 or so years ago. Business brought me down here and um, grew up and I was a sports guy. I just loved playing sports. I was a multi-sport athlete. And then in high school, I ended up picking baseball. That was kind of my thing and um, loved it and ended up taking that to a college scholarship, played small college baseball up in Indiana. And now, now being in Atlanta, you yeah. must have watched the Braves at the World Series this year, this past season, right? <laughs> I did. Yeah. And I grew up a Cubs fan, but the Braves were always my second team. So being down here in Atlanta, it was pretty cool to see them win it. So I've seen both the Cubs and the Braves win it over the past few years. So that awesome. that's been really cool. And, you know, that was kind of my thing, like baseball sports was my idol and everything that I've done in my life, I've always tried to do it to my best ability. And I've almost become like, gosh, addicted to success in whatever I've done, whether it was yeah. baseball, Hey, get the college scholarship. You know, mm-hmm. when I got done playing baseball, I picked up a little card game called Texas Hold'em. <laughs> yeah. I tell a whole lot of people this story, but you know, I hurt my elbow and I couldn't do anything besides mm-hmm. really, I don't know, click a couple buttons on a mouse and play online poker. And I'm doing that. And then we play in real life poker with a couple buddies and they were beating me and we were playing for like five, 10 bucks, but I was so frustrated. I'm like, how do I figure out a way to win? Cause in all, in all things, I'm always trying to figure out a way to be the best and ended up reading a bunch of books and studying it. And long story short, ended up becoming, you know, one of the, I guess, top poker players in the world and was the youngest qualifier for the world series poker main event qualified yeah. when I was 21 and played in that event in Las Vegas. Um, you know, as a, what year was that? That was gosh, 2006, seven, okay. somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 It was the biggest tournament at the time that the world series of poker ever held. Okay. Wow. Um, I think the main event winner got 13 million bucks. And I truly thought walking to the room <laughs> with 10,000 people, I was going to win. And thankfully I didn't. And all good things happened in time because I just wasn't prepared for that amount of success. And, you know, after I took poker to the highest level, I kept looking for more and I kept looking for something else because at the end of the day, I'm 21, I'm playing in the top poker tournament in the world. And I kind of accomplished all my goals in baseball, although didn't play professionally. I took it as far as I possibly could. And then in poker, I took it as far as I possibly could. And then I got involved in business and became a student of business and how do you how do you buy a business how do you how do you operate a business how do you grow it how do you one day sell it and i kept yeah. creating all these business plans throughout my early adult life of how do you become the best baseball player you can be 
how do you become the best poker player, best business person, and had a lot of success in business in my 20s, grew, bought, sold a couple dozen different businesses. And, you know, once again, Jason, at the end of the day, you get this check in your bank account and you think that's going to make everything better. But I was still addicted to always accomplishing more and more and more because I think mm -hmm. growing up as a kid, and I don't know where I got it from, but, you know, it was, I'm not good enough. And I had yeah. to almost prove to myself that, hey, like you're nothing. And if you mm -hmm. want to be something, you have got to go and create and do and accomplish and, and earn it and earn it. And in my mid to late 20s, I burn out. I kind of said, okay, I wrote down all these goals. I accomplished them. What happened? Yeah. And got with a friend of mine, his name was Tom Roy. And I knew he was a pastor, but he was a baseball guy. So yeah. talking to a baseball guy was a lot easier <laughs> than talking to a pastor because I didn't want anything to do with God, right? Mm -hmm. Like I remember people or watching athletes say, Hey, you know, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to throw this touchdown pass or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what in the world? Like yeah. you threw the touch. I don't know what you're talking about. What, what was your upbringing like in that regard? I, I mean, I grew up, my parents kind of drug me to church, like literally yeah. just, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to go. I wanted to yeah. rather stay at home and go to the batting cage or something like <laughs> that. I thought it was kind of foolish, honestly, because I'm like, yeah. what's I going to do for you? If you want something, go and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way that I grew up. But then, you know, in my late 20s, I'm like, something's missing. My friend told me to read the Bible. I picked it up for the very first time. And I, he told me to read the book of John. Well, I okay. wrote, I read one John, <laughs> first John, and it didn't really make sense. I'm like, this is weird. It's kind of kind of near the end of it. And then I read John, the gospel of John, which is basically just a story of Jesus's life. And I was like, well, if this stuff is true, like it changes in it, everything. And it makes sense of why I feel emptiness, why mm. I feel like I can never be good enough. Like I was chasing the wind. And I think you see it in Hollywood and wherever, like people are always looking for the next thing. Yeah. And I think the next thing is ultimately going to make them wake up in the morning and be at peace. And, yeah. you know, in my twenties, I finally realized that that wasn't the answer. It wasn't worldly success or worldly possessions. And turned my life over to Christ at that moment. I said, all right, Lord, you lead me. So yeah. that got me up till, I guess that was 2011, 2012. Okay. It, it reminds me, I think it's Deion Sanders had a similar experience after winning the Super Bowl. It just felt like I'm supposed to be a, a winner and a success and I feel horrible. <laughs> and then I think that's when he became a Christian. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the story it got me up to 2012. But then the problem was being a performer, I became a Christian, but then I had to try to become a great Christian, right? Yeah. Which means you're the world's best Christian. That's <laughs> pretty, pretty hard to do because being a Christian, you're ultimately, right, supposed to love others. Well, I wasn't always perfect. I still made, made mistakes. I still messed up. I still didn't treat people the right way. Like I was a new Christian. I was a new believer. And over a course of a three or four year period, I tried to live a perfect life. I tried to be perfect at all things. I tried to get people to change. I tried to get people to accept Jesus. I tried to get people, and, and I burn out because no matter how hard you try at anything, you're, you're never gonna reach perfection. And there's only one perfect person and that's Jesus. And I burn out three or four years into it. And yeah. I honestly used... Christianity is my next thing that I was going to chase after. And I was going to be 
the top pastor and the top this and lead all these people and help all these people. And I just got burnt out. So that was, that was a really tough period of time because before being a Christian, I didn't even know like how bad I was doing, Mm -hmm. but after being a Christian, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well now I mess up. Like, you know, it was really difficult and now you had had a lot of help and look back at what's that. You had a mirror that showed you what you couldn't see before. 100%. Yeah. 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 And, and that was tough. So I had, to, I had to go back in my life. I mean, I mean, as a kid, <laughs> like, what are the messages that this world told me that weren't true and weren't real? And it was, it was good, but it was painful. And I would suggest anybody listening to this, like really understanding who you are and why you are the way you are is really important because you got to know yourself in order to lead yourself. And I burnt a lot of bridges um, through my 20s and, you know, through my 20s and probably even early 30s. I'm 37 now um, just because I didn't know who I was and I was hurting. I didn't deal with pain. I didn't deal with um, challenges and issues that kind of came up. And after dealing with that stuff and working through that stuff, it really helped. Mm. So how does that bring you to where you do what you're doing today? Yeah. So, you know, today my whole focus is, is others, right? Like, at the end of the day, accomplishing worldly success is fine. Like there's no reason that you shouldn't go out there and try to make money and do fun things and buy fun things. But at the end of the day, it's all about helping other people get what they want. So that's the way that we've used our business, whether it's Legacy 412 or Kingdom House. With those two businesses, it's all about finding other entrepreneurs that are in a place where they're they're open-minded, they're growth-minded, like they want to be better. They want to live a better life, not only in their business, but outside their business. Because I believe that a business should should serve your lifestyle rather than you serve your business. Yeah. And I find a lot of business owners are stuck. They're running the day-to-day of their operations. Their business isn't accomplishing the things they want it to do. The business isn't providing the things that they want it to do. Um, so we go into other businesses And we help them, the owner, one, get out of the weeds, get out of the day-to-day, build a team that they can trust. Because I've been in companies where I had to be the one doing it all. I've been in businesses where if I wasn't there, stuff wasn't getting done. I've been in businesses where I've hired people and they've lied, they've cheated, they've stole, they've... And I'm like, okay, I know what it's like. I've I've overcame those obstacles. I've grown a business. I've sold it. And now I want to help other people that are experiencing the same kind of pain that I yeah. did, which is they're overwhelmed, they're stressed, they want to build something, but they don't know how. And we go in and we give them the tools and the resources and the people that they need to succeed. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so that's, uh, and then, and then you're also a bit of a serial entrepreneur. So you, you have a lot of, uh, you've got your legacy for 12, you got this ministry turn 12, turn two ministries, and then the kingdom house. So what would you say about just all the different things you got going on? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, they probably got two or three or five things <laughs> going on at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, which I think is good, but you just got to make sure that you don't lose focus. So Casey, um, you know, I like to think about and reflect on the idea of living better, working smarter. Let, let's talk about that first one. When you think about living better, and that seems to be uh, something you focus a lot on <laughs> over your journey. What, what does that mean? What does it mean for you now? And how has that maybe evolved over the years? Yeah. A friend of mine, his name's Mike. He, uh, he owned a franchise that I was a part of their network. And we were out at dinner, very successful gentleman. 
And he said, Casey, you got to have your five S. And I'm like, okay, what are your five S? He goes, you got to have your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, and you got to have some fun. And he goes, if you don't have a balance around all of those things, life's just not going to work. So you got to have some kind of faith. You got to figure out what it is yeah. to you. But at the end of the day, I know what mine is. It's my faith in Jesus. And then you got to, you know, you got to have fitness. You got to have your health. Because if you're not healthy, how are you going to live? You got to keep your family, you know, together. Um, you got to have some fun. And hopefully you got to have some money in order to allow you to provide for your family, have some fun. So live better is probably figuring out a way to structure your life. So you have a good balance on all of those things, because if you get super overweighted on your finances and make a bunch of money, but you don't have relationships with your family, well, that's not going to work. Right. And if you're super fit, but you don't have any money, well, one, it's, it costs a lot of money to be fit these days. You got to have your gym <laughs> membership. You got to eat your protein shakes and all that kind of stuff. So you kind of got to have a balance, but for me, it all starts with your faith and your family. Cause if you got your faith, good and you got your family good like that's where you got to start and you just got to build out your days and your weeks so you have time blocked to make sure you're able to focus on everything and when you get done working you get done working you're with your family right when you're at work you're at work right you're not yeah. with your family so you can kind of compartmentalize things to make sure everything that you're doing at the time you're doing with all of your ability yeah yeah so are there certain uh, out of those different areas is there ones that that um, you tend to do um you have a, it's more, e it's easier to do them or others that are more hard or, or the things that tend to be more challenging. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's where you need accountability. You need a coach. Mm -hmm. You need somebody there because life's too short to do things on your own. So we all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses and we all need somebody to do life with, whether you got a life coach or a business coach or who knows, who knows yeah. what I try to surround myself with other people that know who I am and I'm open and honest with them on how well I'm doing and sometimes how well I'm not doing. And they're helping me work through life. I meet every Friday with a gentleman and I kind of share my life, business, professional, what's going on. He listens, he asks real good questions. And yeah, so, you know, for me, I have my things that I'm really great at. I love building businesses. I love, you know, creating things and helping other people build their businesses. So I spend a lot of time on that and probably lately, not as much time on fun. Honestly, I, yeah. I, I've been working a lot and not having a whole lot of fun, but we got some time planned here in the next couple of weeks to take some time off to yeah. refuel and re-energize and focus on family and fun. Okay. Well, you used the word accountability. You said a few times, I think, what does accountability mean to you? Well, I think you got to define what you're actually at, what you're going after and what your goals are, and just make sure that you're staying on the straight and narrow to getting those goals, whether you have a health goal or a family goal or whatever, you know, I, I try to turn off my phone every night at seven o'clock and I try not to pick it up till the next day. All right. Well, I need to tell somebody that. And, yeah. and that person can ask how well I'm doing. Cause if I have that a whole idea in my head and I don't do it right, there's no accountability. There's nobody asking how well you're doing, whether you're trying to get in the gym a certain amount of days a week, or whether you're an entrepreneur and you're running your company. And yeah. you need a little bit of accountability, like, hey, these are the things I need to do. I was working with a client the other day, Jason, and he's not doing anything regarding prospecting, like finding new business. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> he's, I'm like, why aren't you doing that? He goes, well, we already have enough business. I go, is there any chance you could lose any client? I mean, I think we're going into a recession potentially, and he services home builders, and not every home builder is going to make it. Yeah. And I said, you probably should be looking at potentially adding other clients 
because if for some reason you lose a customer, you got to have somebody coming on right away. So I said, what are you going to do each week to ensure you're always looking for more customers? Mm -hmm. And he said he was going to do it three weeks later when we met, never hadn't done it. Yeah. Now over the past of the previous, the few months that we've been working together, he's doing it each and every single week. And he's probably gotten a hundred X return on the investment that he's paid in me as his business advisor, because he's gotten more clients. He's streamlined his business. So yeah, we all need a little bit of help to have somebody come in, look at our lives, ask us tough questions and just help us. Yeah. So someone might hear that and go, yeah, that sounds good. But to be accountable is to be vulnerable, which for them might be scary. So how, what would you, uh, what would you say to them? I mean, I would just say with anybody, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Like, look, we're all a bunch of ducks that <laughs> look okay sometimes on the surface, but underneath we are paddling so freaking hard. Our legs yeah. are just moving and moving and moving. And that's how I feel. And I think I'm actually doing a decent job based on where I'm at, right? Yeah. But I'm still like that duck sometimes. And I'm just working super hard, but on the outside, everything looks good. But I need that outlet where I can talk to somebody about what's going on in my head, what yeah. I'm really thinking. And I think you or whoever's listening to this message, like it's okay to be that duck where everybody might think you're doing all right, but you know you're not. You're just not feeling well. You're feeling behind schedule. You're a little bit overwhelmed. You feel like you should be three steps ahead of where you're really at. And I just want to encourage you that you're where you're at for a reason. And if you are feeling like that, you know, a little bit down and depressed and sad and nervous and anxious, like you got to talk to somebody. You need somebody in your life that you can be open and honest with, because I'll tell you this, the person that you think is okay is not okay. Um, this world is a tough, messy place. And we need somebody that we can talk to, that we can trust, that can give us some good information, good advice and be a good listener. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that on the, on the work side. So when you think about working smarter, what does that mean to you and how do you, how do you go about it? Yeah, that's where you, you, you talk to anybody and Hey, how are things going? Ah, busy working hard. Well, I don't want to be busy and I don't want to work hard. Like I, just, <laughs> I just don't. So you really, as a business owner, you got to figure out like, what are the few things that you do that actually make an impact for your business? Pareto's principle, they talk about it. 20% of your efforts, right? And the things that you do result in 80% of the results. So yeah. if you work 10 hours a day, two hours of your day are actually the hours that you're spending that actually produce results. And the extra eight are wasted. Yeah. So you got to figure out what is it that you do that actually makes results, makes an impact, and then focus on that and then delegate everything else or just stop doing things. And I think mm -hmm. working smart is actually stop working, stop doing mm -hmm. things that don't make an impact, that don't drive revenue, that don't serve your employees, that don't serve your customers and just stop. And I think a lot of times you need somebody to come in and ask you those type of questions because it's kind of like being your own counselor. Like, hey, what do I do each day? What actually makes a difference? Am I doing some things that I shouldn't do? Or maybe I'm doing some things that I should do, but probably not right now. Maybe we focus uh, on that next quarter. And I think working smart is also really understanding what the priorities of the organization should be. I find a lot of businesses and entrepreneurs are, are doing a bunch of things, but they're not doing the right things in the right order. And they're doing things that sh they should probably be doing this time next year today. And they're putting off things that they should be doing right now. And for me, if you're growing a business, growing an organization, it's got to start with your people. 
you got to first make sure you got the right people on your team that you you like working with that are a core value fit for the organization and they're doing a job that they're meant to do. And if you surround yourself with the right people, that's the first step to working smart. And if you have the right process to make sure you're focusing and doing the things that really move the needle, that would probably be the second thing I would say. Mm. So why do people get all bogged down in misprioritizing or um, doing the thing they shouldn't be doing now that they should be doing later and vice versa? Because I don't think people really understand their business. Mm -hmm. I don't think they really sit back and think and strategize. Like, who are we as a company? What is it we do? What do our customers want? Who is our customer? What's the easiest way to get more customers? How well are we doing at serving our customers? How can we get those customers to be our marketing engine and tell more people about us? People just wake up and they put out fires day after day after day. They don't really sit back and understand the real issues that are impacting their organization and say, how do I prevent that fire from happening in the first place? They're so busy working that they don't have time to sit here and think and start working smart and not working so hard. Yeah. So you're talking about the difference between being proactive and reactive. Sure. And, um, but when you're, when you are being reactive and you are that firefighter, and the, the river is flowing downstream and you're just going right along with it. It's very difficult to just turn into that and, and go the opposite direction. So what would be a first a helpful first step for that person that, that is like, okay, you're talking to me. I'm, I'm always putting out fires. How do I stop doing that and start focusing on what's important? I think find somebody that you really admire that's accomplished something similar to you and just invite them to coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them what's going on in your life and ask their opinion. Hey, if you were me, what would you do? Yeah. You know, if you're wanting to grow a great business, find somebody in your network that's already grown a great business, buy them lunch, ask how they created a great business, tell them your story, see what advice they give from you. Cause I'm all about learning from other people rather than trying to learn it on my own. Um, and then don't try to recreate the wheel and just know it's going to be all right. And if you're not in a healthy position, you got to get yourself in a healthy position first. Yeah. Uh, that's the most important thing. And that's where I, probably where I'd start. Okay. So that's a good segue into the next question, which is talking about mentoring. Yeah. So what do you, when you think about mentoring, how do you think about it? And uh, as both the mentor and the mentee and that relationship, and, and if someone uh, is interested in being mentored or if someone's interested in being a mentor, like how do they, what would be a way to, to go about doing that? Yeah. I mean, I think everybody needs one. Um, and there's a, uh, book out there called the 4040 principle. And it's like how somebody over 40 needs somebody under 40 to mentor them. Yeah. And somebody that's over 40 should be mentoring somebody that's under 40 because yeah. an over 40 year old can help an under 40 year old and somebody that's younger can help somebody older. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So one, you need to have one. I would suggest trying to find somebody that's accomplished something very similar to what you want to do. Ask them how they did it, create your own process. Um, and then you can do the exact same thing for somebody else. Try to find somebody that was you 10 years ago and help them. And then try to find somebody that, that is you, that you want to be in 10 years and then ask them to help you. And then you're being served and then you're serving somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Helping, uh, carry it forward. Sure. What, what about the idea that, that the mentor also has something to learn from the mentee? Yeah. What do you think on that one? Do you have any experience with that one, Jason? Well, I think, um, 
Um, I think what I would say is that as humans, we're very dependent on each other. And so any independence that I have is because of somebody else pouring into me to become that independent. Yeah. Um, but I think as, uh, as we become more, as we get more clarity and conviction, we, um, we kind of, we sort of shape a way of life and we have a particular set of experiences. And I think someone that's younger or less mature, um, is, especially if it is an age difference, they've maybe grown up in a different context. There's something that they have to share with us that, um, th that perhaps is perhaps a blind spot that we have, or maybe it's just something incomplete, something we haven't experienced or learned. And even though they're younger than us, or even though they're less mature, they may have learned that thing, even though we are further along the journey. So generally speaking, I think there's something for both sides to learn from each other, but it's, um, it does seem to be more explicit that the, that the, that the mentee has something to learn from the mentor, but it, uh, generally it, it's, um, not always thought of as a reciprocal relationship, but I don't know if that's the case or not. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, that's really good. And I do think by helping others, teaching others, somebody, you know, teaching something else to somebody else, you learn something in the process. And the best way to learn something is to teach somebody else how to do it. So mm -hmm. that's where, you know, I think a whole lot of value can be added both ways. Yeah. So let's talk about stories, whether they're real or fictional yeah. narratives shape us. They, they, we, it's entertainment. It's fun. It's also drives our behavior in many ways. So how have stories affected you or shaped you in your life? Hmm. or narratives, uh, you know, like I said, fictional or, or non-fictional, um, a movie you loved, a book you, that really yeah. resonated with you, or just a real life experience that you had that, or the, or a yeah. story that someone told you. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's been a lot of brokenness in, in our family. Um, you know, um, so I think it's interesting to look at, you know, other people, family, friends that, you know, have achieved success and then some that haven't, right? Mm -hmm. The, the mm -hmm. five Fs that we talked about, having a solid family that's together and whole, um, having a solid background and faith, right? Uh, having finances so you can do fun things and having a, you know, having healthy bodies that allow you to enjoy this world. So, you know, we've been going through, whether it's aunts or uncles or, or even my parents, right? There's been brokenness. Um, yeah. You know, we're, right in the middle of walking through some really tough stuff with my parents. They're, they're getting a divorce after uh, 40 something years. And it's wow. really, really difficult. Yeah. And so I'm looking at their story and saying, all right, what happened? Where did it go wrong? All right. Well, how, do, how does my story differ from theirs? Or how can I make it different? I'm married. I'm a dad. I'm scared to death right now because I'm like, all right, I don't want to put my kids through that same pain that, that I am now experiencing as an adult, right? Yeah. And I think what's, what's key is your story can be different. If you're not where you ultimately want to be, you have the power to change it. You just got to yeah. reach out and ask for help. If you're coming from a place of, uh, of, of you know, your parents got divorced or poverty or wherever mm -hmm. you're coming from, like your story can be different than the story of your parents or your siblings or the people that you grew up with. And I think it's getting out of certain situations and start surrounding yourself with more of the people that have accomplished what you want. So I think that's it for me. And I think looking back at, 
you know, my family and not getting into too much detail, it's, they, they never really took a hard look at themselves and they never really were open and honest and saying, I need help. And I think that's where a lot of people are just scared to ask for help. And they're scared to be honest with how they're actually feeling and doing. And yeah. if we're able to do that and reach out for help and ask people like, Hey, this is what's going on in my head right now. These are the thoughts that I'm thinking. Like, yeah. I don't think I can make it. Like, I don't think I'm good enough. Like I, like, I want to throw in the towel. I mean, yeah. I think that's huge. And if we're able to be honest with ourselves, I think we can have a whole lot of progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, um, it reminds me of uh, both my grandfathers passed away uh, a little over a decade ago and, um, and they, and they, their the end of their story, um, how they left my grandmother and how it affected the family. They both had very different stories and, um, and different lessons that I took away from both of those and some positive and some negative. Right. So I want to do this. I don't want to do that. <laughs> And, um, but it was, it was, there, there is something to that intergenerational trajectory shift. It is very difficult to change that, those patterns, but across multiple generations, we can, um, bring healing and correction and, and clarity to, uh, to the areas uh, of wounds and pain and, and brokenness in, in our family. Sure. And you yeah. gotta, that's good. And you gotta deal with it. I mean, I, I got counseling tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning right yeah. on a Friday, right in the prime money-making hours, right? Yeah. And it'll probably mess me up all day. So I probably won't want to work the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but I know if I'm not healthy, the employees that I lead aren't going to be healthy and the customers aren't going to be satisfied because I have to be whole and I have to be healthy. So um, yeah, that's that's really good, Jason. I appreciate yeah. you. Appreciate you yeah. And one of the, you know, one of the things I also learned was you know, there, our family tends to be a mirror of ourselves. And uh, I saw a lot of control and compliance in my family um, and different and manifested in both sides of my family in different ways. But when I saw it in them, then, then it became a mirror to go, oh, I see it in me now. And, uh, and that helped me go, okay, that's something I can change now. That's something I need to work on. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, it's crazy. You don't want to like, yeah, focus on, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, yeah. Because then you'll be that person. You want to focus on this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. And God has called me to be this person. And God is saying I can do this, right? So you want to think of all things like, hey, I'm going to do this rather than I don't yeah, want to I do like this. That. Having right? a vision that compels you versus an anti-vision. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So let's shift and talk about systems. Yeah. What do you, what do you, how do you think, what is a system to you and, and how do you use those in your life work? Yeah. Systems should ultimately save you time, energy, and money. Okay. And there's a lot of people that like creating systems and there's other people that like following systems. Okay. Yeah. So you do need to make sure you're creating systems for your business, for your life, but then you also need to make sure you follow it or somebody helps you follow it. Yeah. So in any business, right. There's certain things that you and your role have to do once a day, every day. There's certain things you should do once a week, once a month, once a quarter, once a year. Yeah. Renew your business license. You probably need to do that once a year. <laughs> Renegotiate your insurance policies once a year. Once a month, put together your profit and loss statement and get all your information to the accountant. Once a day, return all your voicemails and text messages and emails, right? Yeah. And it's trying to figure out a way just to write down everything that you need to do consistently. Day, week, month, year, quarter. And then put it in some kind of reminder system so it reminds you to do it. Because if you yeah. don't, 
you'll forget to renew your business license. You'll forget to pay your insurance bill. You'll need to go to court, right? Because <laughs> if you don't pay your business license, you're technically, you know, breaking the law, right? If you don't renew your insurance and something bad happens, you could lose everything. So it's trying to really automate and systematize everything. So everything that needs to be done is written down and it's in some sort of reminder system that it tells you what to do rather than you tell it, mm. because I only have so much room up here and I got to get everything out of here onto paper and then onto paper into some kind of piece of technology that reminds me what to do. Yeah. So every night when I'm supposed to turn off my phone at seven o'clock, I got a reminder, quiet time, seven o'clock, or I'll forget and it'll be 7.30. Yeah. Right? Every, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So when does a system become tyrannical? I have no idea what that word means. Like when it becomes oppressive or um, uh, legalistic or... Uh, Oh. You know, it's actually, it actually backfires in its intentions and becomes um, the opposite of what it's supposed to be. Gosh, I don't know. Because, um, yeah, it's true. It's like the monotony, right, of, it's the monotony of, all right, it's Monday. I got to check the box, check the box, check the box. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. And hopefully the things that you're doing are things you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think in life and business, if you're spending 70% of your time doing things you love to do and you're great at, you're going to be good. Yeah. Now, if I have to renew my business license and put my reports into the CPA and do a bunch of stuff, like I don't love doing that stuff. I love talking to people, encouraging people, giving people information, helping people solve problems. So if you're spending 70% of your time doing administrative work and paperwork and, you know, following details and returning emails, you know, the system isn't going to do you a whole lot of good because you're going to get burnt out. So I think it's just trying to figure out what's unique to you and what do you love to do and do it. So yeah. for instance, cutting the grass. Hey, if I need to cut the grass every two weeks, I can have a system that tells me to cut the grass and I'll cut the grass. Yeah. But I'm not going to want to do that because I don't like cutting the grass. Yeah. Right. But if I can find somebody else to do that and I have a system in place to make sure they do it, then great. Then all I have to do is manage the system. So how do you, how do you differentiate the difference between delegation of things like that versus not willing to do hard things? Like, Hey, I don't want to give somebody else something to do that. I don't personally, I don't. Well, I mean, that's certainly an angle. I I think I was thinking more of like, um, sometimes we have to do something that cannot be delegated. Like as a parent, you can't like delegate being a dad, right? I don't like being a dad, but it's hard. So how would you uh, navigate that type of tension dynamic? Yeah, you're right. There are certain things that only you can do. Yeah. And you just got to do it. Uh, my wife says she puts her hair up in a uh, bun and handles it. Handles it. <laughs> yeah, right? buckles just, down. That's it. She just, and, and for me, first thing in the morning is when I do the things I don't want to do. Mm. I make a list before I go to bed. I look at the 20% of the stuff I got to do the next day that make an impact. I write those things at the top and I do those things first because I know if I get those done, the rest of the day will be a breeze. But if I do all the fun things in the morning by two o'clock, three o'clock, I'm going to be tired. I'm not going to want to do those things. And I just keep pushing it off. So what I would say is the things that you know, you have to do that you might not want to do, knock those things out first in the morning. And then the rest of the day is a breeze, whether it's working out or reading your Bible or doing, you know, returning an email or putting together a proposal if you don't want to do it but you know you have to do it and you're the only one that can do it do it first thing yeah, yeah that's good i like that yeah. 
So what, what else did you want to share with us that you didn't get a chance? You know, what other wisdom do you, do you have to, to say? Gosh, well, it depends on who's the audience. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think, I think we do want those five F's in life, right? Yeah. You got to have so remind, faith. remind us what those are again. Got to have your faith. You got to have your family, right? You got to have your health, which is, which is fitness. You got to, you got to have your finances in order and then you got to have some fun. Yeah. Um, so it's trying to figure out a way to organize your life. So you have time blocked on your calendar each week to focus on all of those things. Cause yeah. if you don't have your time in the gym blocked off, something else might get in there. Yeah. If you don't have your time blocked off to do your research around investments or whatever you need to research to manage your finances or blocked off to grow your business, something else is going to happen. If you don't have time blocked off, to stop working at a certain time at night to focus on your family, like you're going to be on your phone at dinner time. And I'm guilty of like all of these things. So yeah. I'm not a pro at any of these things, but I think talking about it is, is key. And then having somebody else that you can share your wins with and figure out where you're falling short and figure out ways to, you know, improve is really important. So just structure your life accordingly around the things that make a difference and know that we only have a certain amount of time here on this earth. Yeah. And it's just, it's just too short not to stop working here in 40 minutes, 40 minutes and take a walk with my wife and daughter. Now yeah. I'm probably not going to want to, honestly, that might be my flesh saying, all right, I got to get everything checked off the list today. I got to plan my next day, but I'll be here till 730 at night. Some things just have to wait. And that's where I like to put more things on my stop doing list, find other people to do things I might not want to do, delegate it to somebody else that enjoys that kind of stuff and make sure I am able to check in and check out and have my faith and family and fitness and finances and fun all in order and know that there's a lot of grace because you're never going to be perfect at it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. So what, tell us some more about what, what you do and uh, what you're up to and how people can connect with you. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So we do a couple things. So we have our consulting and advisory business called Legacy 412. We're all about helping the growth minded entrepreneur. You got a team of five to call it 50 people. We can help you grow and scale your business. And my passion is helping business owners get out of the day to day. So if you're running your business, and not owning your business, we can help you. Meaning it relies on you to get stuff done. And we allow you to get out of running the day-to-day, -day, focus on what you do best and build a team around you that you can trust to get stuff done. And we do that with pretty much any business. And our whole thing is if you're growth-minded, open-minded, and you're willing to change and tweak a few things here or there to get something different, we can help you. So that's our company called Legacy 412. We're also in the Web3 NFT space. So Web3 is kind of the next version of the internet. Um, it's coming. It's technology. Just the way the internet came in the early 90s, it's just a new way to communicate and connect in a digital world. And we're all living in a digital world. Right now, we're living in a digital world, me and you, as we're communicating. Um, but the digital world, if it's created in a way that it can build better relationships in a digital way, we can actually do a whole lot more in real life. So we're actually using these technologies called blockchain and NFTs to make an impact in the digital and physical world. So we have an advisory company called Kingdom House. So we're all about figuring out a way to bring people together, unite people in a digital setting, and then do real in-life things. We're helping ministries, nonprofits, anybody that's a mission-driven entrepreneur that either has a project or wanting to launch a project, we help them. 
Um, and then we got Turn Two Ministries, which is a college baseball ministry. And it's a mentorship that we're going into colleges and the college coach wants to provide better resources and tools for his players to win more on, but more importantly, off the field. And uh, yeah, we're doing that as well. And you can just go to caseycavell.com and all of our sites are on there and you can connect with us. And if you're a business owner, I want to get to know you and talk to you. Um, come jump on my calendar, bring your issues. I want to get your resources and tools to help you. And then too, if there's something in my story that resonated with you and you want a friend to talk to, Hey, I make time for you. I want to hear about you, your story and, uh, you know, help you any way I can. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. And then what about social media? Are you active anywhere there? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. I got a Twitter as well. I just got into that this time last year. Um, so yeah, hopefully the links are in there, but if you just go to caseycavell.com, all the links should be on there and you can connect with me on all those platforms. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your life with us today. Cool. Thanks, Jason. Thank you for listening to this episode of Share Life. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. We look forward to having you listen in on the next episode of Share Life.